Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by KB's Car Care on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interiors. Coming soon, full detail will also be available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as the dining area. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. Today's episode is also sponsored by Big Ben's Desserts on 297 Spartanburg Highway, Lyman, South Carolina. So thank you to KB's Car Care, and also thank you to Big Ben's Dessert for sponsoring this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. Today we are once again on the road here in Simpsonville, South Carolina. We have another very special guest with us today. She's an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Janari's Vegan Bakery, Ms. Jen Evans. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I appreciate you for taking the time to sit with us. I know things are crazy right now with this pandemic that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's hard, you know. I hate, for me, I, I'm just being a journalist. I love to have like those face-to-face interactions with the with people that we're um, talking to. I know a lot of people like the virtual stuff is mm-hmm. hectic, but um, thank you for taking the time to sit with us because I, I, I really try not to do the virtual interviews if we don't have to. Of course, we want to take the necessary precautions, mm-hmm. but of course, thank you for taking the time to sit with us yeah, today. Thank you for having me. So starting out for people watching this interview, like I, I saw you and I did my, I was doing some research. Um, I looked online. I'm always looking up, looking into businesses. People are starting businesses um, mm-hmm. and different things like that. And I saw yours online. I was like, you know what? This would be something that we haven't had on there. We've had some people that, that, that has their own bakeries and storefronts, but nobody that uh, has a vegan bakery. Mm-hmm. So this would be something different for people um, to tune into. I know we were talking about my friend Trey online. Yeah. Uh, Trey Morrow mm-hmm. earlier, he uh, he's definitely on the front lines of vegan oh, yeah. everything. So shout out to Trey. He actually, um, like I was telling you, he was one of the people that was when I was doing my broadcast, and he was one of the people that you know opened up those doors and gave me an opportunity and mm-hmm. kind of showed me the ropes. So you know, like some behind the scenes production. So like this camera work, a lot of him, I give him a lot of credit for that because he actually helped me out. Yeah. But starting out though, how long have you been baking? I have been baking, I want to say, for about two years, mm-hmm. um, but been in business for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And what made you want to start uh, a vegan bakery? So, um, when I first started baking, um, I was interested in selling my products, but um, I, beca- I became vegan around the same time I started selling my vegan products. Um, so... Originally, um, I'm sorry, what was the question? All right, what made you want to do the uh, vegan bakery? The vegan bakery. So I had friends who were vegan, mm-hmm. um, and I had only been living out here for maybe about a year at the time. So they kept telling me that um, there were no vegan options out here, uh, especially vegan bakery options. So they knew that I had a passion for baking, and they kept kind of pushing me to transition to the vegan baking. And at, at the time, I didn't really know too much about vegan baking. Mm-hmm. I was just actually newly vegan myself. So I was a little hesitant. But um, after doing a little bit of research, I realized it was something that I was interested in doing and providing to the vegan community. And now, are you a uh, full-time vegan? I guess, is it like, I'm, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, I guess for mm-hmm. some people, are you is everything that you do plant-based or are you kind of like still in between or have you just gone fully vegan with fully vegan now so originally i started off um vegetarian which Mm -hmm. is giving up meats um and slowly transitioned to giving up meats dairy anything to any animal products Mm -hmm. so yes fully vegan um plant-based i think is um, I'm not really sure what the difference is between vegan and plant-based. I know plant-based people tend to lean more towards just all vegetables, like I think very little processed foods and sugars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I was getting ready to ask you, like, is it like a really big difference between vegan and vegetarian? Like, I was, I was like, uh, that might be a crazy <laughs> question, but is that a big it's difference? It's a broad question. I mean, vegeta- vegetarians, they still consume dairy. Um, okay. They still consume, like, cheese and eggs they just don't eat meat like so they just cut out pork chicken beef all that stuff but um vegan is completely nothing to do with animals mm-hmm. yeah what what made you want to go just like completely vegan i know you said you had friends but for you mm-hmm. was it a moment where you saw something on tv with or something or what made you say you know i want i just want a vegan lifestyle yeah i get that question a lot um so about two years ago um 
we, it was like the end of the year. Uh, my husband and I were just trying to figure out what we wanted to change as far as our lifestyles. Um, so as far as when it comes to diet, uh, we decided to do what was called the Daniel fast. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the Daniel no. fast. It's basically like a vegan diet, but you are giving up breads, kind of like plant-based, no processed foods, no sugars. Um, it's very, very strict, uh, as far as what you can eat. Um, and it was definitely hard. Um, so the Daniel fast, I think it was like for 21 days, we were supposed to do it. I only lasted 10 days. Mm. It was so hard because we did it cold Turkey. Like we didn't, we just gave up everything basically overnight. Um, but anyway, um, the way that it made, uh, I mean, speaking for myself, the way that it made my body feel, um, not just that, but emotionally, mentally, um, I started to have a lot of clarity that I didn't before. Um, so at the end of the 10 days, you know, when I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I tried going back to eating the regular way. Um, I started reintroducing meats and cheese and stuff like that, but, um, I got sick. Mm. Yeah. So in that time frame, I didn't know, but my body was going through a detox and, um, putting that stuff back in my body. It just, it, it made me sick again. Mm. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I didn't realize how bad I felt in my body uh, until I gave up that stuff. I remember my barber, he was telling me when he he went uh, plant-based, I Mm -hmm. I think for a while, he he had headaches when Mm -hmm. he went from, you know, eating meats and everything to just going plant-based. Right. He started having headaches. So I guess it's something like when when you're making that transition, of course, your body's going to go through these different Mm -hmm. phases. But I've heard a lot of people say that they feel felt better you know most definitely um and again like i i guess i didn't realize how sick the a lot of what i was consuming was making me but in that transition i had also found out well when i i remember the first thing that i ate off of that diet was pizza and at first thought i thought it was the dairy that was making me sick um crazy symptoms but i started like I got this like numbness and tingling. Um, I started feeling really itchy and dizzy and I got really nauseous. And um, I don't know, I I didn't understand why. Again, I I thought it was just the dairy. So I was like, you know what? I think I want to go completely vegan. But later on, I found out that I was actually allergic to gluten. Mm. Um, And so in that Daniel fast, again, not eating breads and processed foods and stuff, um, going back to eating that stuff caused me to be sick again. so yeah, it wasn't just the meat and dairy and cheese for me personally. It was also gluten. Yeah, my son he has to eat uh, a lot of. We were trying to figure out a lot of things that he was eating when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. Made him throw. I know he couldn't have uh, milk and wheat and a lot mm-hmm. of different things like that. And um, he's not vegan. He, he definitely loves his chicken nuggets and everything <laughs> like that. But right. it was a lot of stuff. We had to get him gluten free chicken nuggets wow. and stuff like that because mm-hmm. of the. Some a lot of stuff that he was eating would just come right back up. Right, yeah. So it's a lot of different things that he ha- we had to watch, keep him from eating. Um, we we just he had, he just did his um, had, went to a doctor a couple of weeks ago and um, just doing his test. They wanted to see what he was still allergic to. And mm-hmm. A lot of those things he was still allergic to. Um, right. Of course, like wheat, um, soy. Mm-hmm. He can't have a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Any kind of like nuts and peanut butter and wow. citrus type things. Like it's a lot of stuff that. He can't have, period. Mm. But definitely, um, they tell us to, um, when they did the scope of his stomach and everything, they said try to give him gluten-free products because mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, better for him. But it's, it seems like it's kind of hard to find a lot of that stuff, a oh lot of gosh, places. Yes. And it's, and but when you do find it, I definitely say it costs more than oh, the yeah. regular stuff out there. It does, but it's worth it, especially, uh, you know, not feeling sick anymore. Um there are diff- there's a lot of different um, symptoms that gluten can cause. I know um, a lot of people deal with gut issues like gas and bloating and nausea mm. and vomiting sometimes. Um, for me, it was more just felt like an attack on my body, you know, my nervous system. Um, and then I did, after doing research, I realized or I read um, that celiacs, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of celiacs disease. Mm. There's not enough awareness on that disease, honestly. But celiacs is just basically a more severe um, allergy to gluten and wheat. Hmm. And um, they can do a te- they can do a blood test to figure out if you're celiac. Um, for me, my doctor, she did a blood test. They can't really well. They can't 
find out if you're celiac by doing the blood test, but they can find out if you're allergic to gluten by doing mm. the blood test. For celiac, you do have to have the endoscopy. And um, I think one of the things they look for is um, injuries to your intestinal tract and things like that. But um, I was supposed to have the endoscopy done, but I never got to because of the pandemic that happened, COVID and all that stuff. So the appointment was canceled. I never rescheduled, but I just like, I'll just stay away from the gluten, basically. Right, and you probably still just feel fine anyway since you like the the routine that you're on now, eating the mm-hmm. plant-based and everything? Well, yeah, with the plant-based, but ce- with celiacs cannot even have gluten contamination. Like one little trace of gluten can cause your body to go into a reaction. Mm. So with me, um, it's a little bit of a challenge baking at times because I don't, you know, I don't bake completely gluten-free. So um, the flour, even just breathing in the flour could cause me to have a reaction. Mm-hmm. And, um, or again, going back to contamination, if there's a trace of flour on my food and I eat it, I'm, you know, going into an allergic reaction from the gluten. So, so vegan, uh, I guess they do, they, this might be a silly question. Also, so do vegan products, do they have any kind of gluten in them or how, how is that? Yeah. So gluten is just basically wheat. It's, it's anything with bread and Honestly, like I was, when I found out I was allergic to gluten, I was shocked to find out how many products contain wheat. Um, things you wouldn't even think contain wheat, or if the product is made in a facility that makes products that are made with wheat, I can't eat it. Mm. You know, being I don't, I mean, I was never diagnosed with celiac, but I kind of consider myself that because of the severe allergy. Um, but yeah, so there are vegan products that do contain wheat and gluten, but gluten has nothing to do with vegan. It's totally different. Okay. Yeah, totally different ball game. But um, just going back to when I was on that um, Daniel fast that I did around that time, I thought it was just consuming the meat and dairy and all that that was making me sick. But I found out that it was gluten on top of all that stuff that was making me sick. So for people watching, what would you tell them like are like some of the benefits of of being vegan? Um, well, I know that dairy alone, dairy and meat products alone, causes a lot of inflammation in the body. Um, inflammation, I have read, is one of the number one causes of any type of illness, any viruses, sicknesses, diseases, inflammation in the body. So just by cutting out dairy and meat alone, you are cutting down tremendously on the amount of inflammation in your body, which in turn uh, builds up your immune system. Hmm. So um, I know, you know, I would probably split being vegan into two categories. There are people that do it for the rights of animals, and there are people that uh, choose a vegan lifestyle because of health reasons. Um, I would probably consider myself a little bit both. I know when I first became vegan, I didn't really feel that connected to it. I didn't do it for animals. I did it more so for health reasons. Mm -hmm. But I will say that, you know, in making the transition, it did cause me to have a little bit more compassion on animals and um, seeing people like Trey post what he posts about uh, what animals go through. Uh, right. that, that's definitely touching. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I watch um, stuff like that, if I if I watch anything, like I don't want, first of all, I don't like watching anything animal related while I'm eating because it'll just automatically yes. just ruin my appetite. Exactly. Like Animal Planet or something mm-hmm. like that, I can't eat it. Right. I won't be able to eat anything, but then if I see how they make our food and process and stuff, mm-hmm. I know then I'm like, I'm yeah, definitely. You will not, not be able to eat right. another chicken nugget again. Right, <laughs> that's, that's what people say all the time. Oh, like, yeah. If you see it, you won't want to eat it. Exactly. And the, t- the two things that I have, like, that I love to eat, um, I, I love having a steak mm-hmm. and I love some uh, lemon pepper wings. That was like my two. Two things that I have yes. a hard time giving up, man. So, I uh, mean, I will admit that wings was definitely hard oh, to give up. <laughs> yeah, the wings stop. If I go to, yeah. I actually went to wing stop yesterday and got the lemon pepper wings well done. Like mm-hmm. those would be like the two things that I probably have a hard time giving up. But mm-hmm. I never want to watch how they kill animals and processes because yeah. if I do, I, I know I'll be done mm-hmm. completely with it. All right, so bacon um, products is it? Does it take longer when you when you baking plant based products? How was that process? I would actually say it takes just shorter amount of time. Mm. Um, when I first began doing the vegan baking, um, I'd had someone I know personally reach out to see if I could do um, a non-vegan cake. And um, the amount of time it took just 
because with non-vegan baking, and I don't know if like, I'm, I'm not familiar with the non-vegan baking anymore because I didn't really, um, I didn't really do it professionally. I just did it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the amount of time that it took to make that cake with having to sit out the butter and sit out the eggs and allow those products to come to room temperature before I could even start on the cake. Um, I don't have to do that with vegan baking, you know, so I'm actually using less products too with vegan baking. Um, I don't use eggs or any type of dairy. I mean, I do replace the milk with, um, dairy free milk, but yeah, I would say it takes a little less time. Is it harder to find those ingredients since you're not using like the normal stuff that you would like the eggs? Surprisingly not. Um, and even with just how little vegan options that we have out here in Greenville, um, it wasn't hard to find um, dairy-free, you know, for instance, dairy-free butter, dairy-free milk, and all those products that I use for my vegan baking. So, yeah. Is it, um, can you taste, being on both sides, um, mm-hmm. you know, transitioning to vegan, could you, is it, can you really taste the difference in like a vegan cake as opposed to like a, a regular cake? So, and I and I, I, I want to make sure when I say a regular cake, I don't right. want to make it sound like vegan is just something foreign. No, of yeah. course, that's you know that's known as well. I guess like a dairy, I, however you want to say, just well, a I cake. use regular too because that's that's really the only way to label right. it, like regular baking and stuff. But um, I mean personally, I have me and um, I've had a lot of my customers tell me that they actually feel like vegan cakes taste better because. In my personal opinion, um, and knowing tastes and flavors, I truly feel like the absence of eggs is enough to elevate the taste of the cake more. I feel like mm-hmm. eggs kind of hide the fla- the true flavor of a cake, if that makes sense. But um, you can tell the difference, but I feel like in more of a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And also, there are people who say they can't tell the difference because they, when they've gone vegan since they you know, not having many vegan options out here. They haven't had a cake in years. So mm. they, the first time they taste my product, they don't really remember um, how the other stuff used to taste. Does it stay fresh a little bit longer since it's, since it's a vegan cake? Yeah, um, I would say you could definitely leave it out at room temperature mm. um, without the worrying of it spoiling. Um, as far as freshness, it would probably be about the same as regular stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't spoil. Like uh, eggs and dairy obviously needs to be refrigerated, but with my stuff not having that, you can leave it out for hours and it would still mm-hmm. be okay to consume. Do you specialize in just cakes or is it cupcakes, cookies, everything, or is it just... I do a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. So when I first started out, I think I, I bit off more than I could chew. <laughs> I was offering all kinds of things, cinnamon rolls, um cake pops, truffles, all that stuff. But um, as business grew and the cakes kind of took the stage, cakes take a lot of time. Um, cakes and cupcakes and cake pops and all that stuff took the stage, so I've stopped doing so much of the other products. Not only that, but we also have a little bit more vegan options um, as far as baked treats out here in Greenville. So I kind of felt like the pressure was off to offer more than just cakes and cupcakes and stuff. So I still do like cookies and brownies for events mostly. Um, But yeah, mostly just cakes and cupcakes. I think I know I asked you earlier, we were talking about earlier before we started interviewing, but for people watching, um, you actually from, from, I think you said Pennsylvania Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. was, is, is, to me, it seems like vegan is something that kind of like, just you starting to hear about more recently, maybe like the past four or five years. But is that something that you heard of, like when you were living in Pennsylvania, growing up, and everything? Was that? No, I honestly was not familiar with vegan anything vegan. Um, I don't know if that was just because of the area or of just lack of exposure. But um, I honestly, the, being out here was my first time hearing about it, and um, hearing about so many people that were passionate about vegan. Um, I had a friend who, he's actually a personal trainer. Um, he was the one that introduced me to, you know, the vegan lifestyle and vegan world. And and um, the more friends I gained that were vegan, the more I learned about it myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you didn't hear about it too much up mm-hmm. north. Right. How how long how long have you actually been? I know you say you, you guys uh, travel um, travel mm-hmm. around a little bit. How long have you actually been in South Carolina? South Carolina for about three years. Three years, and, I, and, cause, and I'm and I'm always fascinated. Uh, it's it's crazy. I'm like, 
Cause I'm I'm from here, Jones in South Carolina, but I'm always like when people tell me that they move in from different places, I'm like, I wonder what made them like come to this area. And it's the same way when we went to Jacksonville, I was like, man, I I love it down here in Jacksonville. Yeah. This is nice. And the lady, Miss Jasmine Brown, she like, you know, to her it was just normal because she's right, from yeah. there. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm kind of the same way when people tell me that they came here to South Carolina. I'm like, man, I wonder what made them yeah. come here. Do you have family here or or what? A lot of people ask that. Um, so not originally, I didn't have family here. Um, when my husband was in the military, uh, he knew he wanted to get out. He was kind of just done with the lifestyle. And we were looking for a place to settle down, um, you know, and raise our kids. And he, uh, or we decided we wanted to move back to Florida, but um, my parents moved here around that time. So to South Carolina? To South Carolina. Okay. And um, they were like, why don't you guys come, visit, come for a visit and, and just see how you like it? And um, we did, we visited. And I don't know, I can't even explain how, like, visiting here. Um, like we talked earlier, there's just a homey right. feeling here. I don't, I don't know what it is about Greenville. And I hear a lot of people say it about Greenville, but um, it just felt like home. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was looking for. And so we went back to Texas, and I was like, you know what, I think I, think I want to move to Greenville. It's, and it's kind of, like you said, it was like a, it's not like a fast-paced lifestyle. No. It's homey, like a lot of people come here, um, when people come to my job, we, we have a lot of elderly people come here. It was some, they would tell, I remember one married couple told me they lived up north, mm -hmm. but then in the wintertime, they have a home down here. They would come down here and live during the wintertime. Yeah. And a lot of people, they come, because cost of living, of course, is one thing. Right. It's definitely a lot cheaper. But um, it's definitely, like, even if you go to Atlanta, it's like a fast, it like is. more fast pace. Right. Um, so we, we, when we go to Atlanta, it's just like, the thing I hate about them is just their traffic. I oh love gosh. Jacksonville when we went down there. Yeah. Atlanta was just... <laughs> I hear about Atlanta's traffic. Yeah. I love it down there just because, like, the culture, and you see a lot of us, like, entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. investing in ourselves. Right. It's just my pet peeve is just the traffic that they have down there. Yeah. Um, even when I used to go to Charlotte, I love the Charlotte area as well. Mm -hmm. But definitely here is, like, more of, like, a, a homey feel. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I, I love about the cost of living. It's definitely a lot cheaper. But I, I'm always just kind of, like, fascinated by, you know, what what makes people come to this area. Yeah. So, so that was that I was think it's also the culture. There's the Southern culture. I think just experiencing living up, you know, I was born and raised up north. Um, and coming out here and experiencing um, the, I don't know, it, Southern people are just a little bit more friendly. I right. guess you could say very, very friendly people. And I think that's what helps is just the the environment. Right. Now, I, I've, I've always heard that about, like, up north. I haven't been. I want to go. That's one of my goals with the podcast, take it on the road and go mm -hmm. up north. Um, I always heard, you know, people up north, especially like New York, they say, man, people up there are just rude I mean. and stuff like that, man. But, yeah. But down here, you know, it's like more southern hospitality. Plus, I don't think I can live up north because of the cold weather. Oh my I, don't, gosh, no. I just don't. I'm not big on cold weather. Yeah. I like the weather we have here. Yeah, and but, the snow. Oof. Yeah. But um, growing up, though, like, mm -hmm. like, how did you actually get into it? Because I, I, I watched your interview earlier, and you were saying something about along the lines of um, the art, and you feel like art didn't get appreciated mm -hmm. um, when I watched an interview on your website. What kind of, like, how did you get all into the baking, and, like, why do you feel like art is, like, not appreciated as much? I loved art as a child. Um, I, I used to love to paint and color, like, for Christmas. My parents and family, all they ever bought me were, like, um, easels and, you know, um, oil paint, acrylics and paintbrushes and stuff. I used to love it. And I took commercial art in high school for four years. So, um, and I always say, I never really considered myself good at painting, but I just... I don't know, I loved it. Just something about creating something from the imagination and seeing it on paper. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily painting uh, an object, but just painting from your creativity. Um, I think that is what I admired most about art. Um, I think anything can be considered art. Any creative can be considered an artist. Mm -hmm. um, just creating something from the imagination. Um, and then combining that with my baking, using my imagination and my creativity to put into these cakes, um, that's huge for me. And I, I don't feel like there's enough appreciation for art because I don't think people see certain things as art. You know, for instance, my baking, um, 
yes, some of the cakes that I bake do look like, you know, I, for instance, I do paint on some of my cakes mm. with buttercream and stuff, but um, there are other creatives that can be seen as artists that I don't feel like there's enough appreciation for it. Mm. Maybe not enough exposure as right. well. How, how would you suggest, like, kind of, like, any kind of way of, like, incorporating it, or what would you say people could do to kind of, like, appreciate their art more? Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm along the lines of... I, when I see these things, like the designs that, that you make, Miss mm-hmm. um, Chandrika that we had on in Jacksonville, and my other friend, she has a baking company here in this area as well. Like the the time, it's like you really have to appreciate what you guys do because the time mm-hmm. that you put in to make these designs and yeah. stuff is like it's this is crazy. You have to, this is a special gift that you're using mm-hmm. to to make these these kind of cakes. Well, yeah. what what would you say is like some kind of way to like bring that appreciation back to art? I think I think it would be cool to hold events, um, maybe like artistic events of some sort. Um, maybe expose people to the behind the scenes of what it takes um, to create. I think that alone would create enough appreciation for it. Um, and maybe people would start to value the product a little bit more as well, seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I know me personally, I plan to eventually do more videos of me working um that alone is going to create a, a little bit more of appreciation That'd for what i do idea. oh yes um that's definitely uh, in the plan for next year but i would love to see more appreciation for a lot of art you know not just baking and what i do but just creatives in general mm-hmm. i think that's that's so important um with anything like you said with what you're doing mm-hmm. um like the even with the podcast and like setting up everything like the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. or even with like music artists like people don't get to see like what goes into right. making this uh the things that we have to do to make put together everything we mm-hmm. have like the craft like even with athletes the only thing you see is the product that's out there on exactly. the field you don't see the work that people put in and and take the time to do to make everything work out because like I, I tell people all the time even with the podcast it's it's more than just you know, getting the equipment. Like I was telling you, mm-hmm. like I just brought piece by piece the things that we have here today. Mm-hmm. But it's like the the time that you have to take the prep and research and right. the reading. Like it's a, it's more to it than just what you see. And that same way with cakes, it's more than just like the product, like the cakes that you put online and everything. Mm-hmm. It's more to it than just that. Like you have to take your time and work on your craft. Exactly. And it's a lot to it. So people, I think if people see what you have to do to it. They would appreciate that more, and, it's all, and it, it would probably make people want to do it more often too. It's like mm-hmm. I wonder what this person did to get there. Right, um, and I also feel, feel like hearing the story behind, you know, like for instance, what you do interviewing right. um, young entrepreneurs, hearing people's story, seeing the passion behind what they do, that alone I feel like is another thing that can help people appreciate art a little bit more. Absolutely, because I mean, when I was just growing up, I was like, man, I, I was just seeing like celebrities on TV and it seemed like they would just come out of nowhere right, and they're yeah. just famous. <laughs> but then as I got older, I was like, you know what, I wonder what they did to mm-hmm. get to where they were. And it's not like they just actually just showed up out of nowhere. Like right. they put in the work. Um some people of course, you know, uh nepotism or something like that, but mm-hmm. but a lot of people had to grind to get to where they were. Exactly. They didn't just show up out of anywhere right. and just get there. Yeah, everybody like, has a story. Absolutely. So so for you, bacon, when did you feel like you got to a point to where you were comfortable uh, sharing your products with everybody else, like your customers. Yeah. I, I can't say that I was ever really comfortable. <laughs> I honestly just had to go for it. I had to put myself out there, and that was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Like, mm-hmm. not being that experienced in baking and vegan baking alone. Um, I remember I had a friend who... Um, had someone who was looking for a vegan cake. And at the time, I didn't even want to do cakes. Like, I, w- I was afraid to do mm. cakes. You know, I wasn't confident in my artistic skills. And I even, I used to say it to myself, like, I'm, I'm not doing cakes. I'm not doing, I'm doing, I actually wanted to just do cookies. Um, but yeah, there was someone who was looking for a vegan cake. And I'm like, okay, I got to do this. So um, I did it, and the cake didn't look the best, but it definitely tasted good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I can't say that I was ever really ready. I just had to go for it, and that kind of, honestly, putting out that cake, it sparked a new desire. I mm. wanted to do it. I don't know what it was about that one order, but um, I ended up taking a class um, for cake decorating because I'm like, I want to get better at this. 
And um, yeah, so that's what I did. And it forced you out of your comfort zone too. It really that's did. That's one of the things, special things about entrepreneurship is, is it it forces you out of your element. Like so many times you can get comfortable mm -hmm. doing what you're doing and staying in that daily routine. And like I was telling you at first, this was going to be a sports podcast. And mm -hmm. then it just transitioned from sports to entrepreneurship. But mm -hmm. that's one of the things I love about it is like it forces you to take on different challenges and, and do different things. So do you feel comfortable now uh, with baking, uh, doing different, trying different things now since you've been doing it for so long now? Absolutely. I mean, I would say a lot more comfortable than I did when I first began. But the fact that I'm always trying to challenge myself, there's always going to be a level of uncomfortability at some point, mm -hmm. especially if you want to continue to grow. Um, I have people challenging me all the time with different designs, uh, with cakes. And um, yeah, there's times when I'm, I'm super scared, you know, right. and they would never know it. But I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. Can I pull this off? But um, I start doing research, I start practicing, and and then again, jumping out of my comfort zone. So it's like a consistent thing, being an entrepreneur, especially, again, if you want to continue to grow, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, speaking of that before entrepreneurship, like what kind of work, like we're saying, you know, it's always fascinating to see like what people were doing before entrepreneurship mm -hmm. or, or anything in their journey. What kind of thing, what kind of work were you doing uh, before you started baking? Oh gosh, I was jumping around. There was never really one thing. I think the longest job that I had, uh, I was a waitress. So, um, and actually, I I waited. It was a at a nursing home, and then um, the last, the very last thing that I did before doing what I do now, I was an administrative assistant. Totally different, two totally different fields. But um, I actually enjoyed the, being an administrative assistant. I felt important I felt like a you know having an office job was like the uh typical American dream type of job mm -hmm. but I just it just wasn't me it didn't fit my calling I feel like it right. just it didn't fulfilling. right I didn't feel like um I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life so did you have that moment um where it was kind of like a was it like a particular day or just anything that kind of was like uh, like a breaking point was like, you know, I'm, I just have to leave here. Yeah. Um, for me, for like, for example, my story, um, I just fell into the cycle of just working two jobs over and over and just waking up doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, either I'm going to do this for the rest of my life or I'm going to continue to invest in what I want. I went to school for and what I want to do. So then that forced me to just say, forget it. Let me invest in myself and bet on myself. Like, did you have like a breaking point for you to where, it was like it was time for you to just go baking all the way? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was one particular moment because um, with my husband being in the military, we were constantly moving around, so I couldn't really stay at one job consistently all mm -hmm. the time. Um, but I know the, the last job that I had, being an administrative assistant and realizing it's not what I was called to do, it's not something that I enjoyed doing, um, I knew I didn't want to go back to doing that. And so um, that was the last place we had lived, which was Corpus Christi, Texas. And then when we moved out here, um, even the thought of going back to work was just a turnoff. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I don't, I don't want to be an administrative assistant. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just started baking for fun, basically. Um, I did not intend on doing it as an, you know, a career or being an entrepreneur. Um, it was just something I loved to do. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom, um, so it was just kind of something, a hobby, I guess you could say. Mm. And um, again, um, there was just that one customer that just took me out of my comfort zone, and that kind of turned it into a, um, a job. So how, how does that make you feel when people are invested in your products and they, they love to mm. to purchase your your cakes and all your products because they they love your craft how does that make you feel it is definitely an amazing feeling um just being appreciated for what i do um alone is is a, a very good feeling and for people to compliment and value and share um my products with their friends and family it's a good feeling because, again, I didn't intend to do this as a career. Like, I just wanted to do it for fun. Mm -hmm. So to get that type of feedback from customers and even just meeting customers and interacting with new people and 
hearing their story be- behind why they became vegan and how long they've been vegan, um, that's fulfilling. That's the fulfilling part of what I do, honestly. You know, we, the times we're in now, and it's kind of unfortunate, with, like you see all the small businesses and and everything, a lot of people are closing down temporarily, some are permanent. Mm-hmm. But how, how has the this um, pandemic like impacted your business? Um, it definitely has not impacted in a negative way, which is a good thing. Um, I think when the pandemic first broke out and people were kind of confined to their homes, um, not able to go out to these bigger, you know, um, grocery stores to get a cake or, you know, um, you kind of had no choice but to go locally and with the smaller, um, the smaller businesses. That was actually a benefit um, for me. So this pandemic has honestly caused me, caused business to grow for me. Um, It's caused me to meet a lot of new and and amazing people. Mm. Um, It's caused me to reevaluate my marketing strategies because initially I wanted to do more, um, farmers markets and pop-up shops and and obviously with things shutting down I couldn't do that so um, I just kind of had to get creative and use social media for marketing um, do giveaways and 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 stuff like that so it it actually helped with my creativity it helped um, boost my sales um, and it helped uh, introduce me to a lot of mm. cool people are, are there any kind of new like rules and regulations that you kind of have to follow now um with things going on now, I remember uh, with Shandrika when mm-hmm. we were on in Jacksonville. She said it's they they have some kind of laws now for certain things that you can and you can't do. I, I'm not sure if they could like send some things in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of things she was telling us. Um, but are there any kind of like rules and regulations to what you do, or just kind of like safety precautions that you just take on your own? Well, I know one of them is just um, constantly wearing masks and washing my hands, gloves even. Um, those are things that I just kind of do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really aware of anything as far as laws, um, things that precautions that I need to take other than just what's going on, being safe with the, pre- um, the pandemic, um, going out and making deliveries. I'll always make sure I have my mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, I would say just more personal precautions. What do you think? Um, hopefully this will be over with soon, this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's tough on a lot of people, but what do you think will be like the future of like small business owners like in the future because like i said a lot of them are temporarily shutting down some have been permanent i saw one in um i saw a video of this lady in california yesterday where she she had set up for to do her outside dining area and Mm -hmm. they it was crazy like they had her outside dining area and then like uh they set up something for like a a movie like a, a movie theater where they they were able to do something but her her dining area, like they were trying to like restrict her, but mm-hmm. it's just like this thing is just crazy how like a lot of the people like they spent their entire lives building yeah. these businesses and now like they're forced to like close down. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think would be the future for like small business owners going forward? I mean, I can only hope that um, it wouldn't continue to affect small businesses in a negative way, but um, I don't know. I uh, I really feel like a lot of people, well, what I'm seeing is a lot of people seem to be leaning towards being in more support of the smaller local businesses because now they see the effects that things like this can have, things like a big pandemic can have on the smaller local businesses. I think people are a little bit more compassionate towards Mm -hmm. the local businesses. So if this thing finally lets up, um, I honestly think it could be a benefit for Mm -hmm. smaller businesses. if the, if the pandemic continues, unfortunately, I don't know. You know, I think um, a lot of businesses are just learning to adapt with what's going on, um, even if it's just something as simple as offering roadside pickups, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it just depends on the business. Um, I think it depends on how how you decide to adapt to what's going on. But I'm, I'm hopeful. Would you say it's kind of a, I was just thinking, is it kind of a, you know, a lot of people are able to, like, work from home. and They don't have to do all the traveling. Like, so, so as far as baking, would you say it may be more convenient if you have to, like, to bake from home as opposed to uh, having a storefront? Mm-hmm. And then, you, of course, you have to pay bills home and at, there and right. just or just at one place where you bake it from home. But then maybe, again, I thought 
you might not be able to, uh, I guess, put out as many orders. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but would you say it's like a benefit to from home as opposed to a storefront? Or how, how do you look at that situation? Yeah, there are definitely a lot of pros and cons. Um, I think, just like you stated, as far as um, the capacity of bake, the amount of baking, um, as business grows, the less and less it gets easier to bake from home. I know I I had just got a, a wholesaling um, opportunity with a local restaurant out here. Um, awesome. Thank you. Uh, but I am 100% going to have to get a commercial kitchen. I mean, that's one of the requirements anyway. But um, if they order a large quantity of product, I can't, I can't produce that in my, you know, I can't say my kitchen's small, but it's... <laughs> smaller kitchen obviously I need a bigger area to be able to produce a mass amount of product so um, I can't really say there's more pros than cons or vice versa I think it's just weighing out my options me personally mm-hmm. um, right now I do see more of a benefit because I have kids um, so if, if I had a storefront or have to bake from another area I have to hire a babysitter you know and things like that so again there's there's a lot of pros and cons to both options for me right now um it's easier to bake from home but I know eventually I'm gonna have to transition so you you did say that um I guess you do have like that the new venture coming where you're going to be baking out of like selling out of a another storefront i believe you said well, not it's a your, commercial kitchen commercial yeah. kitchen so it's not it's not going to be like my restaurant um it's just basically there is there are people out here that have these um kitchen areas that it's actually going to be multiple um they're not all bakers just multiple people that need kitchens to bake mass product mm-hmm. um so i'm going to be sharing this kitchen with a bunch of other chefs and bakers and and cooks um so, yeah, it's not going to be uh-huh. mine personally, okay. but yeah. What, what would you say is your favorite part of being an entrepreneur? My favorite part? Um, I would have to say I would have to say the people that I'm meeting. Um, mm-hmm. Again, going from moving around from state to state, um, not really being able to maintain friendships for a long period of time because of distance and um, being here and and. and being an entrepreneur has caused a lot more exposure to people. You know, I'm not just stuck at a job where I'm working with the same people every day, mm-hmm. or I'm not just a stay-at-home mom where all I see are my kids every day. I am being exposed to a, a huge amount of amazing people. And again, just going back to hearing their stories, um, delivery, when I go to deliver cakes, it's not just a quick exchange. A lot of times we have conversation, you know, mm-hmm. about... Um, how long I've been vegan, how long they have been vegan, and, and what they think about being vegan, just different things like that. So I would 100% say the people that I'm meeting and have come in contact yeah, that's, with. That's one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. also is when you get the time just for us having a chance to to meet a lot of these people and yeah. building those relationships exactly. with them. Um, of course, like with the pandemic, it's changed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But if we can, I, I love to you know be able to sit with these people face to face and mm-hmm. talk to them so you can you know get to know them a lot better because like when you're doing virtual it's like kind of like you you set it up you do your interview and then after that it's kind of like it. all right then yeah. that's it instead of, you know taking the time to actually get a chance to sit down mm-hmm. and talk to the people it's, it's one thing if you you know you've known this person already and mm-hmm. And you got a chance to interview them in the past, but like for the first time, you want yeah. to kind of like get to know these people and stuff. Like, hey, okay. just do an interview and buy. Yeah. And that's that's it. But that's one of my favorite things also is just taking that time to you know get a chance to meet these people because like you said, you never know 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 what anybody goes through mm-hmm. to get to where they are. So exactly. that's one of my favorite things of entrepreneurship as well. Can you tell people how much time do you spend actually studying your craft? Definitely not enough time. <laughs> not enough time. Um, I did not expect my business to take off like it did. Um, and then on top of that, being a full-time mother, a mm-hmm. wife, um, just life in general, um, I would squeeze in studying my craft between baking, but it just wasn't enough. Um, so I just recently announced that I would be taking um, like a 10-day break. And in that break, I am 100% going to be studying my craft, reevaluating some things. And because when you're an entrepreneur, um, 
first starting out, you don't have a team of people. You know, you mm. you are the office assistant. You were you know you you're responsible for your own analytics, all everything. the paperwork, everything. So, and then with me, the baking and you know um, taking orders and delivering, and um, you can only have help but so much. You know, so I I need to take a break and step back and reevaluate a lot of things, um, write down some things, change some things. And um, I think now from here on out, I'm definitely going to make it a point to every now and then take breaks if I have to, mm. to study my craft because I want to continue to grow. Yeah, I saw that video um, you posted on Instagram where you were saying mm. you were getting ready to take a break coming up soon. But mm-hmm. when do you know it's time to, you know, kind of like take a break and like kind of reset? Mm-hmm. When do you know it's that time for you? Well, I think around this time... Um, I started to feel overwhelmed and I don't want to feel like that in my business because I think people would start to feel that and not just the interactions, but in my product. Um, so I started, started feeling like, uh, my business has just hit a plateau and a lot of the new things that I wanted to try, I just felt like I couldn't, I didn't have time. So, um, yeah, I would say that overwhelmed feeling of, um, man, I want to do these things, but I don't have time and, and feeling tired and not enjoying what you do. Um, to me, those are like telltale signs. It's time to take a break. <laughs> now that was, that was something interesting that you just said to me, um, right there at that point where you were saying that, uh, taking a break is like, you know, it's time because you don't want your customers to, you know, kind of taste it in their product. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important because a lot of times, People, even though, even if they're exhausted, they don't want to do something like they may do it just to, you know, in exchange for money or mm-hmm. anything. But it, and it's like they're not doing it like with the sincerity that it, that it needs exactly. to. Exactly. And you know, from and I, I try to do the same thing. Well, you know, for me, I always say before I do an interview, whether it's a book, the artist puts out a, an author puts out a book or music. For me, I feel like as a journalist, it's my duty to you know do my homework, mm-hmm. listen to their music, or read their book or anything because I I hate I don't like the journalism where people come up like for at radio stations and they say this person has a great album and they never even heard right, it. Yeah. Or somebody said this person has a great book and they never even read the mm-hmm. book. So I pride myself on taking the time to, you know, if people are willing to take their time to sit down with me, I wanna make sure I have my research done and everything to put together because I wanna make sure it's something quality. I was like I I don't wanna just have do something mm-hmm. you know but it's that's important because a lot of times people they may just do it just because you know just to just to get it over with or right just to get a paycheck and if you're doing it for those reasons then then you, you're the doing it for reasons. the wrong for the exactly. wrong reason it has never been about that for me never been about the money um and people are always going to remember the way that you made them feel mm-hmm. you know and so if you're overwhelmed and tired you have a bad interaction that day that was a first impression right that's what they're gonna remember about you. Mm-hmm. People, people will always remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. There's one thing about it; they, they always remember that. One, um, a few more questions, and we'll get ready to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. What has becoming vegan done for you mentally and, and spiritually? Um, and not yeah. to cut you off, I'm sorry, but yeah. it, you you just remind me of this lady we had on in Atlanta, uh, Dr. Lakeisha Hallman. She has a village market, and I said the story before, but. Mm-hmm. But she's vegan, and and the way that she spoke and how she was just poised and mm-hmm. and calm, and she just seemed so at peace with mm-hmm. everything that she was doing. And yeah. um, the village market is something that people come. She had something that she had quarterly where where people could come in, entrepreneurs could come in and sell their black owned products mm-hmm. um, every quarter. And I think just two or three weeks ago, they opened up their first official storefront in Atlanta. Wow. But the way that she just carried herself and when she spoke to us, she just seemed so calm and at peace. And it was just like she was just, like you said earlier, like clear thoughts. Mm -hmm. What has uh, being a vegan done for you mentally and spiritually? Well, just that for (laughs) sure. Um, Man, I I have been on a huge spiritual journey since moving out here to Greenville, for one. Um, And I felt, I don't know, it was just vegan lifestyle was like felt like I was being called to it for some reason I don't I feel like a lot of times when you make decisions in life you don't always know why at the time um maybe I'll never really fully find out but I'm finding out as time goes on not just the experiences that I had in my body but um mentally and spiritually I have never felt closer to God I have never felt 
more peace. Um, honestly, being an entrepreneur, needing the clarity that I have, um, not just being an entrepreneur, being a creative, um, needing my mind to be clear. I feel like veganism has helped with that. Um, and, you know, I won't go into the whole um, disadvantages of eating meat and all that stuff. Mm. I don't want to scare you. Right. <laughs> I know this is not that type of conversation, <laughs> but honestly, like, I'm a firm believer in being you are what you eat. You know, if mm. you eat life, then more life is going to pour out of you. Right. But I will say, <laughs> and kind of in my defense, now I have over time, like this, I think it's been a couple of years now, like I have cut out pork. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't eat. I never ate chitlins or anything like that, mm-hmm. I, I, but I don't eat bacon or ribs or or anything like that. Or I just, for some reason, I just woke up one day and I, I just didn't want to do it. I, mean, I, I couldn't do it now. Now the steak and the chicken, <laughs> that's the thing. But but I yeah. but but the thing like I just seen how she she, she how she carried herself and how she was just full of life and. Mm-hmm. And just at peace with everything, and then she she said it meant a lot to her because her, her mother had cancer, mm. and you know she she had her um, introduce her to, to vegan um, like plant based products before she passed away, and she said she saw how it changed her life before she passed, and how she was more energized, yeah. and the things like that. It's like man, it's it's really something. It must, it's really something special when people mm-hmm. do that because. Of how it, the transformation and the and the way she she carried herself and I said I told you like you seem the same way just poised and mm-hmm. like at peace. It's like it, it really does something for people like it really peace does. of mind. And I wish more people could experience that. I know there's a um, the vegan lifestyle is growing rapidly, tremendously. I'm constantly seeing posts of people who are trying it out or just curious about it. But um, I would hope that a lot more people could see because again going back to when I was on that Daniel fast not realizing just how bad I felt in my body until I gave up um, a lot of those things that I was eating Um, same thing with mental clarity Um, I did not realize how hard it was for me to focus and concentrate it's never really been hard for me to communicate I've always been a good communicator Um, but again just the the peace of mind and mental clarity it is unlike anything else I've ever experienced with being vegan. I know I know we talk about the things that you eat, but is it mm-hmm. is there anything like in particular that you may drink differently as well? Or are you um, do you still drink whatever like Well I've I am a water drinker. I don't mm-hmm. drink any I've never well, it's been years since I've consumed soda or um any sugary drinks. I don't I don't drink any of that at all. Um I've never really been a huge milk drinker. Mm-hmm. But when I do crave milk, I drink almond milk. You know, that was one of the weird things also, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. They they tell us, you know, milk gives you strong bones. But in reality, it's, it's not even good for you. It's like, it's, yeah. that's what's crazy. That's a whole other conversation. So I'm telling you, it's, I mean, it's crazy how we grow up being taught to eat the way that we grow. Like, for instance, I had a conversation with my parents about breakfast. Um, we grew up thinking that a balanced Typical breakfast is bacon, eggs, toast, grits, oatmeal, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can eat anything you want for breakfast. You can eat greens, you know. You can eat anything you want for breakfast. It doesn't matter as long as it's nutritious. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not big on breakfast anyway. Right. But it's like you're saying, like you really can't. But mm-hmm. for me, I just, like I said, I don't eat eggs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm weird when it comes to food anyway. Like, I don't, I don't eat eggs. I don't eat bacon. Is like, that like the taste? You just don't like the taste? I just don't. You just don't. Yeah, I never did like the texture of eggs anyway. Mm. Um, bacon, I just cut it out. Like, I'll eat, if I ate breakfast, it would be uh, maybe like waffles or pancakes mm-hmm. or something like that. But as far as like eggs, I don't eat grits, oatmeal. Wow. I just, it's a lot of stuff. Then it, if it's something that I, I don't even like the way it looks, I'm not even going to eat it oh, either. okay. So you're a visual eater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just certain things, you know, for me, I'm just, you know, if I wake up, I'm good with eating pancakes or mm-hmm. waffles or I can just wait till lunchtime and then eat something. Right, new. yeah. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not crazy about, like, breakfast, you know. But it's like you said, it's the way that we were taught growing up is like, and it's like, kind of like programming. It's like mm-hmm. we, we're taught a certain way. Exactly. All the way through adulthood as well. Like, even, like, just With a lot of work. things. Yeah, so it's kind of like the reprogramming of your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this podcast did for me is just like learning from other people like man 
like a lot of the stuff that we were taught, we were taught a certain way, mm-hmm. but it's it's like some of the stuff don't even really make sense now. It really it doesn't. Thinking yeah. it's like thinking about it and looking back, why did I? You know, and that was another thing that I, I can't really say that veganism alone has brought to me, but just my spiritual journey. I started questioning, why do I believe a lot of the things that I believe? You know, mm-hmm. is it because I was taught this way? I was taught to believe a lot of these things? And most of the time, the answer is yes, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> or you grew up, see, you know, you mimic different things that you grew up seeing. So mm-hmm. um, a huge awakening to me is just stepping aside of that and saying, you know, I'm going to explore what I feel like I want to believe and how I feel like I want to live. Absolutely. And it's like a lot of times when you grow up a certain way, you don't want to kind of, you're kind of afraid to question it because mm-hmm. that's what you saw growing up. Right. But even for me, like I, I've said over and over, like I just saw my parents getting up, going to work and mm-hmm. working hard just to pay the bills and make sure my brother and sister, we had we had clothes on our, on our back. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, that's what I was supposed to do. Right. I thought just going to college after high school, I was supposed to do that. I'm thank, I'm, I was fortunate enough and I'm thankful that my parents, you know, um, they took out loans for my brother, myself, my brother, my sister to, to finish school. But I just thought that's what you were supposed to do after mm-hmm. high school. You go to college and you get a job and then you just work until you retire. Exactly. So that's just what I, I was thinking, not knowing like you don't have to go to college to right. be successful. It's just so many of the things that we were taught growing up is like man you can do things totally different exactly and just the the loan the debt and i don't even want to get in there because right. i talk about it all the time it just <laughs> makes me mad talking about it um i wrote I, I wrote a book which will be coming out soon just about like education and everything it's that's another story for another day because right, it, yeah. it, it makes me mad talking about it sometimes it's, it's crazy but uh i know we said we got a few more questions but best advice that you received so far on your journey Best advice I have received? Um, I would probably say it's the advice that I give myself. And that sounds probably cheesy and I don't want to sound all high and mighty. <laughs> but honestly, I just I keep telling myself to just keep going no matter what. Because um, once you make the decision to change anything in life, um, especially for the better you are going to hit a lot of challenges and things that are going to try to stop you and you know whether it even be just your mindset and way of thinking there are a lot of things that try to take you back to that old mindset mm-hmm. old way of living um but my my advice that i tell myself every day is to just keep going no matter what and that is at all costs you know when you have a goal in mind or a desire in mind um keep going until you get there at a, at all costs what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from the pandemic? From the pandemic? Um, I would probably say to value and treasure the, the little things in life. Um, and I, I guess I, couldn't, I shouldn't call them little things, but just um, spending more time with loved ones and family. Um, admiring the local businesses more. I think that that's mm-hmm. definitely huge. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. it's like it's, it's almost like you you really don't like the saying is you never really miss something until it's mm-hmm. gone. It's like man, you a lot of times we don't appreciate that stuff until it's like it's gone. Like exactly. you said, these, these small businesses or like anything. Of course, you always want to value and treasure your family members. Mm-hmm. Like that that one hit home to me the most this year, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I said this on a previous interview as well. Like when I was telling you before we started, like when my uncle was living in Texas. And this was the first time I ever seen a family member gone that quickly. Like, I mm-hmm. saw him, literally saw him that Wednesday, and then Friday he was gone. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy how it all happened. And, yeah. and it was just like he was kind of, it just felt like he was just trying to make his rounds and see everybody before, like, he was he was gone. It's yeah. crazy that he's from Spartanburg, and he died. He came back from Texas and died while he wow. was back at home. And, and the things that he was doing, like, putting... It was like he just uh, my my cousin was telling me how he wanted to put uh, a tombs uh, tombstone on my grandpa and my and my uncle's grave. Um, they said he went and put flowers on my grandmother's grave before he was gone, and wow. and then he said he want he said no matter what he wanted to see one of my see my aunts before he left. And the next thing you know, he was just gone. So it just seemed like everything. It was just crazy how all of this happened. Yeah. And I remember I was like, I literally saw him that Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then two days later, he's gone. So it's, it's like, man, you like, 
for me, you know, with entrepreneurship, you know, sometimes it's like isolation and you want to, you need that little time to yourself mm-hmm. and because you're working so hard. But yeah. now, now for me, I always try to make sure, like, I try my best. I'm not able to make everything, but like if my loved ones and my mm-hmm. friends have something going on, right. I'll try to make it. Because um, a lot of times I would just try to, I would have to catch them another time. But mm-hmm. it's like now you, you really have to treasure those moments Most because definitely. you don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. in that situation with my uncle, that was one of the things that, that kind of that woke me up really. It was like, man, you never know. Like you say you're going to see somebody mm-hmm. next time, next time around, but then you never, you know, if never you, know if you get that chance because that, it happened so quickly. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions. Is there anything that you would do differently on your journey? Hmm. That's a good question. You haven't stumped me yet. <laughs> <laughs> anything I would do different? Um, you mean like now or just from the beginning? Any, any point in time now to um, when you first started? Like what would I, would you do? I would definitely say going back to um, taking more time to study my craft taking more time to um, rebuild myself. Um, my business has been on go since it started, basically. Um, and that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good, uh, I don't want to call it a, po- a problem, but it's a good problem to have. But um, I have not had many breaks, you know, to recoup. And, um, you know, I love to meditate. I haven't had much time to meditate. Um, but I think those are important things. And just not just the growth of yourself, but the growth of your business. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say just taking more time to myself, I would have changed. I mean, obviously it's not too late and I can do it now, but um, definitely would have saved myself a lot of stressful days. Do you, do you feel like baking is your true passion? Oh gosh. Yes, I do. Um, I know it's my true passion, but I know it's not the only thing that God has for me. Um, baking honestly is, uh, I feel like... Well, Maybe I should say the true passion is just connecting with people, mm-hmm. um, and baking is kind of a way to do that. And since I love baking so much, it makes it easier. What what advice would you have for people that want to um, get into entrepreneurship? I see a lot of people now they they're trying to invest in themselves, mm-hmm. whether there's uh, whether there's um, selling clothes, makeup, do anything. But what advice would you have for anybody that's trying to do entrepreneurship? Um, I've posted this before, but, um, I would probably say find somebody that is doing what you're doing and, um, get some advice. Um, I know me personally, I have a friend who lives in Jacksonville, Florida, actually. She has been baking for probably about, gosh, eight, nine, ten years now. And when I first started, um, she's the one that I reached out to for the class. Um, she was offering some, um, cake decorating classes and I took her class and even now to this day she's available anytime I need help anytime I need advice um so I think in any field of entrepreneurship it's important to find someone who can help you along your journey my final question and then we'll wrap it up we've been I've been asking everybody this while we're on our um self-investment tour Mm -hmm. so I want to ask you the same thing final question is what does self-investment mean to you self-investment to me, um, honestly, for me personally, it just means anything that you are going to do to better yourself, not just for you, but for the people around you, um, your family, uh, people you're interacting with. Um, I really honestly feel like that is one of the most important things you could do is invest in yourself. and. A lot of people may, you know, in entrepreneurship, they focus on what they can do to grow their business or what they can do to make more money, um, make more sales. But um, personal growth for me is take care of yourself and all of that stuff is just going to come. So for me, it's just been focusing on um, how I can grow spiritually and mentally and emotionally and all those other things will come, you know, but just I think making sure you are grounded, and I think that's the most important self-investment anybody can make. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, self-investment is like the best investment you can make because really you get a, you always get a return. That's something. Exactly. Um, being being hard told me when I first sit down with 
it's the best investment you can absolutely make, which is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jen, I want to thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um, this was a great interview. I learned a lot. Um, this is yeah. very educational. Um, before we get out of here, can you tell everyone how to find you on social media? Yes, I am on Facebook um, and Instagram as Janari's Vegan Bakery. Um, yeah, that's how they can find me. All right. <laughs> so once again, I want to thank all our sponsors, KB Car Care, Big Ben's Desserts, Charlene's Home Cooking. Also, uh, Faces by Cynthia for sponsoring this episode. If you didn't get, if you need to watch this interview again, you'll be able to find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, All Heart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, Pandora, I'm all, this is the point where I always feel like, man, we're on so many different platforms, what, <laughs> which one am I leaving out? Yeah. But um, you see it on my social media, uh, all of my social media, and my, also the website, carloskcsmith.com. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is the Cross the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.